The LA Clippers get their best win of the season with a 19-point blowout of the Dallas Mavericks in response to them getting absolutely whooped in Dallas just a few weeks ago. The best win of the Harden era without a doubt. How did the Clippers do it? What has been the key to their defensive success so far with the new starting lineup? And is Kawhi Leonard okay? A lot of talk about his performance. Going to be talking about it all on today's Locked On Clippers. You are Locked On Clippers. Your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yes, sir. You are locking in with the clips. Thank you for making Locked On Clippers the first listen of your day, your team every day. I'm your host, Darian Vaziri, born and raised in LA and in my 19th season as a Clipper fan. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod and subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, where I made another video after what was a fun game to attend and a great game to talk to fans. Did all that on my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper. You can find all that stuff. And, of course, Locked On Clippers, free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, where I want you to let me know what you think has been the most impressive part of the defense. Has it been that James Harden's actually been putting effort on that end and had another really solid game? Is it that Terrence Mann being inserted into the starting lineup has made all the difference? You let me know. And in this episode, I'm going to be talking about the game, Paul George and the level that he's playing at, as well as the performances of just everybody else in this one. And then... Ending it off with, is Kawhi Leonard okay? Because there's a lot of people that seem to be talking about, oh, I'm concerned. He looks a little washed. Does he have the legs anymore? So we're going to be getting into all of it. Let's start out by talking about the fact that this episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the best daily fantasy sports app around. Just go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. All right. Blowout City. That's what this would be for the Clippers. The seventh home game of the season. They are now five and two at home. And it was their fifth sellout of the season. So bravo, Clipper fans. Way to get to the game two nights in a row. And how about Kawhi Leonard and Paul George playing every game so far this season? The first 15 games of this season, as I mentioned, 14 in a row was their longest streak of playing consecutive games together as members of the Clippers. Make that 15, and I'm just going to keep on knocking on this wood. I've been knocking on it for months now, and it's been working. I you know, encourage you to knock on some wood as well because what we've got going on, regardless of how Paul George or Kawhi is playing and if they're not playing their best, this is how you build habits, is having them on the court. You know, Imagine if after the first win against San Antonio in game number two, like last season, we had Kawhi Leonard out for two weeks. You know how much that stunts the – development of the ceiling of this team you know we need our stars on the court to build those habits and right now going through those trials and tribulations losing bouncing back and winning that's what makes you great regardless of how we've gotten hardened or not it's about those kinds of experiences and you need your best two players in the court for that so let's talk about this game and i thought that the main thing for me was the defense you know we've been talking about Oh, do the Clippers, you know, statistically, they have one of the best half-court defenses in the league. And I've kind of called it Fugazi. I said, we're playing against the Spurs, playing against the Knicks, the Nets, these teams, Houston, Denver without Jamal Murray. Like, these teams aren't that great offensively. Well, now you bring in New Orleans and Dallas. 
We didn't really pass the New Orleans check, but the Dallas Mavericks, they're another really good offensive team. Had two days off, just whooped the Lakers. I watched that whole game. Luka was getting whatever he wanted, and that would not be the case in this game. And the Clippers are 4-1 and one since they've gone to this starting lineup. As I've said from the beginning, my biggest fear of the trade was all four of those guys starting at once and nobody being willing to go on the bench. And the fact that now we've got one of them on the bench, of course, there's been differing opinion on who that should be. Harden is the one on a bigger contract. Harden is the better player right now, in my opinion. Whether or not, you know, who's who's the better fit in the starting lineup, we're never really going to know the answer to that because we've made our decision. And Russ, he didn't get that big of a sample size. Harden's going to exceed the amount of starts that uh, Russ has had with Kawhi and Paul George within the next couple of games. So I'm not going to sit here and debate who was a better starter without concrete evidence. But the fact of the matter is we just needed one of them to start, whoever you thought that was. And because of that, now the shot distribution is so much better. The balance of touches is so much better. Everybody else can get into a rhythm. And it's a lot more cohesive on the court. And you're starting to see that. I mean, having Russell Westbrook come off your bench then having a big three in the starting lineup of Harden, Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard, that's pretty good. Now, are the Clippers a championship roster right now? That's up for debate. You know, I think they're still a little bit thin at that four spot in terms of quality. Could use another really good defender because I'm not a huge fan of Paul George and Kawhi playing this much defense on good players throughout the course of an 82-game season. I'm not a fan of it. In this game, we saw Terrence Mann guard Luka Doncic the majority of the night, and then Paul George guard Kyrie Irving the majority of the night. And while both of them were just spectacular, I think they were our two best players on the night. They did such a good job at the point of attack, fighting over screens and just playing hard. It looked like we were the ones that had two days off and Dallas was on a back-to-back because they were completely out of sorts. They did not threaten enough. They did not get two feet in the paint frequently enough. And, of course, they're missing Derek Lively, so they're missing a lob threat that's really taken their offense to, I don't want to say another level because they've been a good offensive team with Luka the last couple of years, but just gives them an added dimension of athleticism that they didn't have and a big that's going to really run the floor. And I thought one thing we did well offensively to take advantage of that was also go to the basket a lot, especially Russell Westbrook, who we'll be talking about a little bit more later. But Terrence Mann and Paul George defensively, they set the tone. And I think guys like Kawhi and Harden, they did a really good job on the opposite corner where the ball was, the weak side corner, of doing a good job of tagging the roller on the pick and roll and then also recovering when the pass was made to their man in the corner and running them off the line. And it was a very clear emphasis to me that the Clipper coaching staff told the players to run guys like Grant Williams and Derek Jones and Tim Hardaway Jr. off the line because Grant Williams and Derek Jones, they're not necessarily the type of guys that are known for putting the ball on the floor, attacking a closeout and pulling up and making a, or making a play. And that's exactly what we saw in this game. They were non-existent in this one. Grant Williams had five points and only got three shots off. And Derek Jones Jr. had four points and only got five shots off. So a combined nine points for them. Rashawn Holmes started for them in place of Lively and had a donut. So a combined nine points from three starters for the Mavs. It was really just the Luka and Kyrie show. And we held them to 23 for 49 shooting, which is about 47%. I know that sounds ridiculous, held them to that. But when I'm not scared as a fan, that's what matters. And I guarantee you the late, the Clippers team was not scared. And I don't mean scared in the sense that I'm like physically intimidated by somebody, but I mean that they weren't really that worried. You know, throughout the game, there was no point where, and I have this moment every game and every Clipper fan can attest to this. We have moments every time we play the Mavs 
where we're like, what are we going to do about Luka Doncic? Like, this is ridiculous. Like, he cannot be stopped. Well, we're going to give Ty Lue all the crap when he doesn't do good things. But when he makes good decisions, I am going to be the one to say it. And you can be stubborn and not agree. That's fine. But what he did in this game was, so usually we struggle with what we want to do with Luka and the pick and roll. Do we want to drop Zubots, which is our normal defense, drop coverage with Zoo? Or do we want to switch one through five and have Zoo guard Luka, which never has ended well? In this game, or do we want to blitz Luca? In which case, he can pick us apart and they get open threes. We were just bringing up Tyson Zubats to the level of the screen, so just bringing them up to show for a sec and then recover. But in that split second that they're helping on Luca and their man is open on the roll, that's what I mean by Harden and Kawhi and guys like Terrence Mann. We're doing a good job of coming over, taking that roll away, and of course, it's not as easy when you don't have a guy that can jump up to the sky and lively that you can throw it to. But they were doing a good job of tagging recovering, closing out hard. And I thought our help defense was just really good. And again, as I've said, Zubats, Terrence Mann, Kawhi, Paul George, you know, regardless of how good Harden's playing or not, there's a lot of decent, there's a lot of defenders that could look good sitting next to those four guys. But James Harden, I got to give him credit. He played not just an okay defensive game. I thought he had a good defensive game. Second quarter, yeah, he was guarding Tim Hardaway and Kyrie a bit and it got scored on. But as long as he's engaged and on top of it off the ball, being active in the passing lanes, which he's good at, and then there were times where they tried to attack James Harden a lot more in the second half. And Luka, he couldn't do much on him because well, one thing we know about Harden defensively is that he struggles in the point of attack and you know sometimes his off-ball attentiveness. But what he's not terrible at is guarding strong guys. You can't bully James Harden. And we've seen teams try to target him and try to put, you know, bully him and post him up. And Harden throughout his career. He's such a strong player, and he's got good hands. He has shown that you can't really do that, and Luka Doncic couldn't do that. So James Harden, one steal and two blocks. How about that? Terrence Mann had a block. Kawhi Leonard had two blocks. A rare game where Paul George didn't have a steal or a block. But you love to see it. Daniel Tice had a block as well. And if it's a Zubats, I thought he was just awesome for the third straight game. You could even argue four going back to that Denver game. He's been great, to be honest. He's, I'm sorry, the last five games, really. I think he was very solid to protecting the rim. He was really good going out, as I said, showing on those screens. The, the thing with Zubats is people are afraid of him going out to the perimeter. He completely held his own in this game. Completely held his own. Daniel Tice, same thing. He's been spectacular since becoming a Clipper. I'm, I'm really, really impressed with the performance of Tice on both ends. I mean, he only had five points in this game, and he was two for six in 16 minutes. But he's even had to guard some guys in the perimeter, not by design, but sometimes cross-matcher in transition. He's picking up a guy that he's not supposed to. Like, I wouldn't say not supposed to, but a guy that he's not actually guarding. And he's done a decent job of staying in front and putting up a good contest and forcing misses. So you'll take that all day from your backup big. Clippers winning it 107 to 88. The key for me is that defense. Fun fact, the Clippers have had the best defense in the league statistically since Terrence Mann has been starting. How about that for data? And coming up, going to be talking about MVPG. Right now, he's playing some of the best basketball of his career. Going to be talking about good old number 13 coming up. I got to tell you a little something about prize picks. Prize picks is the best daily fantasy sports platform in North America, in the continent. And with basketball season here and football season 
right in the middle of things. You can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, if you want to take Paul George plus Russell Wilson on a combo of three-pointers made plus touchdown passes, you can do that. Price Picks even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets hurt. So for football and basketball games, even if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and doesn't return in the second, that player is rebooted. Price Picks is the only daily daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. How sick is that? All you got to do is go to pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Go to pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. PrizePicks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Clippers, Clipper Nation, how are we feeling? I mean, things are starting to look much better. Four and six so far in the James Harden era. So he's now played 10 games as a Clipper, but we're four and one since he has started without Russell Westbrook, or should I say since Terrence Mann has started with him. And that is not an indictment on Russell Westbrook. That is a fit thing. That is a basketball personnel move. And it was a good one by whoever did it, whether it was Ty Lue, the front office, whoever did it, I'm liking what I'm seeing. And if I had known, if listen, everybody wants to take the victory laps on me if, if the trade works out. And like, so be it, because I'm a Clipper fan. So I want the trade to work out. I want the team to be good. But what need, people need to understand is my initial hesitation, more than anything, was the starting thing. And when you put Russell Westbrook on the bench, now James Harden can do his point guard thing, his pick and roll thing, without much of a deferring mindset in terms of ball handling in terms in the in sense that he doesn't have to bring it up and say, Oh, I got to make sure Russ is feeling good. Let him handle the ball a bit. Let me go stand around. And, and let's be real. I know James Harden, we're encouraging him to shoot those catch and shoot threes. And we should, because he is good at them, but he doesn't look very comfortable just standing around all the time. He needs the ball in his hands. And every Clipper fan, even the ones that aren't a huge fan of his game have agreed to that because you want to maximize this guy, right? You don't want to make him something he's not. He hasn't played true shooting guard in like seven, eight years since before Dan Tony, before he became a – actually, I don't want to say before he became an MVP candidate because he wasn't actually – he was actually second place in the vote in 2015, but a consistent every year MVP candidate. So that's my thing, right? And making that starting lineup's defense even better with Terrence Mann, that's huge. Having a guy – that's why I wanted him to start in the first place, having a guy that can go out and guard those guys. But somebody else that's gone on and guard those guys, Paul George, guarding Kyrie Irving, guarding Luka at times. You know, it wasn't just Terrence Mann guarding Luka. We had Kawhi guard him sometimes. As I said, Harden even at times. It was just an overall P.J. Tucker, an overall. And P.J. Tucker didn't play in the second half. So maybe that's something to look for, Liver Nation. And I don't blame Ty Lue for doing it. The thing is, having only eight guys in the rotation, and especially playing the minutes that they are, that's a little bit questionable makes me a little weary but paul george 
his two-way play and his aggression so far this season, in my opinion, and I saw a stat that he's shooting 78% at the rim so far this season, like within three feet, he's been getting by guys at a level that I haven't seen from him since 2021. His drives per game don't reflect that, but his shots around the rim do, and that's important. That's what we want to see. Because, yeah, he might not drive as much as before because we have James Harden on the team now. We have Russell Westbrook on the team now. But it just matters if the percentage of his shots are, you know, attacking the rim. I like because you're going to have the crowd that says he needs to shoot more threes because he shoots such a good percentage from three. But I like when he's going downhill. And he even said it himself after the game. When I'm going to the basket, that's when I'm at my best. And he is right about that. Paul George has just been utterly spectacular. This season, he had 25 points, nine rebounds, four assists, and just one turnover on Saturday night. Nine for 19 from the field, two for five from three. So he did not get three happy at all. Five for five from the line in 36 minutes. Just outstanding. He is in his bag. He looks unguardable. He looks healthy. And it's just fantastic. When you see him play like that on both ends, I mean, wow. shooting protecting the rim going out and doing a good job showing on the screens finishing strong and you're starting to see that chemistry with james harden start to develop in that pick and roll but free throws huge problem so far for the entire team in my opinion we shot 31 free throws in the game which were 17 more than dallas we'll take that 23 for 31 though and Four of those eight misses were from Evitza Zubats, who shot one for five from the line. He needs to be better at the line. He's really shooting much worse this season so far. Last season, he shot 70%. The season before, 73%. In 2021, 79%. This season, he's shooting 60. He needs to be better there. There's no, no ands, ifs, or buts about it. Terrence Mann, though. Absolute best game of the season. So many points leaking out, cutting, right place, right time. And defensively, he was spectacular as well. And this is what Terrence Mann does. This is why we value him so much. 17 points, three rebounds, and an assist. He was a plus 19 on the court. He got a block as well, and he shot 50%, 7 for 14, 3 for 4 from the line. The only point of concern so far for him is his three ball. It's been really just cold to start this season. He's not having that many bad misses. He's actually right on line most times that he misses, just either a little bit long or a little bit short. I think it's going to come. I think he's in a little bit in his head. But I'll tell you what, having games like that where he has 17 points, guards the best player, those are games that are going to make him more confident and force him, not force him, but encourage him to take more of those open shots. And I saw him hesitating less in the Dallas game. So far, he's shooting 14% from three. I know that sucks, but it's going to go up. Are you kidding me? And I have full confidence in that. Terrence Mann, amazing, solid performance. Four and one since he started. That ain't coincidence, buddy. And our defense, best in the league since we've gotten him. I don't think that means we're the best defense in the league, but I'll tell you what, when a guy like James Harden is two for eight from the field and two for six from three, only has eight points, and I think he still played well, that tells you something. Seven assists, four rebounds, one steal and two blocks. These last two games, really solid defensively from James Harden. It's all about the effort. The great Willis Reed once said defense is 80% effort, and Marcus Smart said something along those lines. If Harden plays the defense that he has in those last two games, that's enough, in my opinion, to do his part defensively in a championship quest. But that's a stupid statement to make in November. 
because we're going to be playing better teams. But I'm just saying from an effort standpoint, if he can play like that defensively with that kind of effort at the highest level, he'll be doing his part on that end of the floor. Then it's all about his offense, which I'm not as nervous about coming around. It's, I think James has to look to be a little bit more aggressive when he's turning the corner on pick and rolls in terms of like that floater or trying to go into the body of a big man. I think he's passed it a little bit too, gotten rid of the ball a little too easily sometimes on the drive. But other than that, I think he's ISOing enough. Sometimes at times that I'm not a huge fan of, not that it happened much in this game at all, but I think going downhill, turning the corner, he can be a little more aggressive. And especially when he's got a guy switched on him that's a little bit bigger, he should command the ball and just go at, go to work because he can still do that. I'm very impressed so far. As a, I mean, not impressed, but I'm actually, no, I should say I'm impressed with his defense, not necessarily impressed by his performance overall, but I don't think he's playing badly overall. And here's the thing about sacrifice, right? The biggest sacrifice, in my opinion, is statistical first. And if you look at Westbrook and James Harden's stats so far this season, even Kawhi's, all of them, they're down from what they're used to even the last couple of years. The only one that's not is Paul George. But besides Kawhi, Harden and Westbrook being okay with their stats not looking as good is the biggest sacrifice of all because there's a lot of stars that aren't willing to do that. And at younger ages, I don't know if these guys would have been willing to do that either. But now it's a different time for them. And Russell Westbrook, I thought he was just awesome in this game. And that's the thing about Russ, right? It's all a matter of how he feels like he's playing. If he played, because in the first half, he didn't get that many more minutes than last game, but he got more minutes overall in the game. He had 14 against New Orleans, 25 in this one, because Harden didn't come back in in the fourth. He only played 28 minutes. He didn't come back in in the fourth. Westbrook just let it ride because... We were winning, and Tyler didn't have to put Harden back in. So when he was able to do that, now Russ gets a little rhythm. Now Russ is attacking Luka left and right at the end of the game. And you got to love the way he was attacking Luka. It was like, he said, go at him. You just gotta, I knew it was going to be a good night for Russ when in his first couple of possessions, he got that tip when he was left open by Tim Hardaway. You know, the next time down, they were loading up on Harden. Harden gave him the ball. He attacked and threw a no-look pass to Zoo. And when I saw that, I was like, uh-oh, it's going to be a good Russ game. And he was super engaged defensively, got a couple of stops on Kyrie one-on-one, rebounded, made some amazing passes, had that one pass over the top to Paul George in the half-court set. That was just a dime. It's just a matter of how often can we get that Russ because then he was talking after the game to reporters. He's feeling good, and he was an energy boost off the bench. It's just a matter of how he feels like he's playing. He's just such an emotional roller coaster with Russ. I hope he can just remember these kinds of games and know that he's capable of doing it. And a lot of it's on him taking smarter shots. And I think he did in this game. There was one time even late in the game where he got an opportunity to get downhill in somewhat of transition, but we didn't necessarily have numbers. And at times you'll see Russell say, forget the numbers. I'm just going at the rim. But he pulled it back out. And I love that decision. That is what people accuse Russell Westbrook of not doing is calming down, taking his time and relaxing. And I thought he did that. And the stat line for him was amazing. His body language was so different. Everybody in the arena noticed it. 14 points, eight rebounds, seven assists, two turnovers only, which I'll take. It's fine. With seven assists, over a three to one assist to turnover ratio. And six for nine from the field, 66%. We'll take that all day. Only one three-point attempt, 0 for one. Yes, sir. Two or three from the line in 25 minutes. Absolutely awesome performance by Russ off the bench. And coming up, I'm going to be talking a little bit more about the bench, including Norman Powell and Kawhi Leonard. People are a little concerned about him. Let's talk about how he's looking coming up.
I got to tell you a little something about FanDuel, America's number one sports book. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. The line for the Clipper game against the Denver Nuggets on Monday night is minus four and a half for the Clippers. I would take that because I think we're actually going to win by more than five. There's no Jamal Murray or Aaron Gordon, and they haven't been playing well. We just came off a good game. If we can just hold Jokic to less than 40, I think we'll be fine. And that's where you're going to place those bets. FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NBA or continue the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right. So the Clippers winning this one, 107 to 88. They only shot 43% from the field in the end and 28% from three. So another game where the Clippers just don't shoot that well from deep, only eight for 29 in this game. But we did out-rebound the Mavs like crazy, 57-37. to 37. That's a huge difference in the game. And then field goal percentage-wise, we held them to 37% and 24 from three. 18 points for them in the first quarter, 17 in the third quarter. So you got to give a huge credit to that starting lineup for starting both halves with intensity defensively. And speaking of a guy that always has defensive intensity, Kawhi Leonard. Look. He has not found his legs. Actually, no, I'm not going to say that. It looks like his legs are a little tired the last couple of games. Not that he hasn't found them this season. Because before the trade, he looked great. He's had some games recently where he's looked pretty good. But you got to remember, this guy was guarding Wemby. He was guarding Zion for a bit. With the trade, we're asking Kawhi Leonard to guard a little bit more against better players, right? And to guard bigger more frequently. Because, yeah, I said that I wanted Kawhi starting at power forward, but I said, we, you know, we still have Nico on the roster. We still have Rocco. Without those guys and P.J. Tucker being such a liability offensively, you're asking Kawhi to play a lot of that second biggest guy on the floor thing. Now, it's not that I think he's getting bullied or anything, but it's just it's a lot, especially when he's guarding good players too. So that mixed with the fact that he's played 15 games in a row and he usually gets a rest. And maybe that's why he does. The quad tendinopathy, the 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 – what do they say? The degenerative knees. He Maybe he needs a rest. But you know what? I'm okay with just letting him keep playing because here's the thing about Kawhi, right? When he's on the court, even if he's 2 for 12, there's a reason why he's still plus 24, the highest on our team. 8.6 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 blocks, 2 for 12 from the field and 0 for 5 from 3. That doesn't phase me. That doesn't phase me at all. Because you know why? Because Kawhi makes the right basketball plays. He's a high IQ player. He's still going to get double team. He's still a threat. He's still a positive on the floor. He still has that aura on the floor of a superstar. And that's what we'll take. That's what makes a positive impact in games. He guards. He rotates. He communicates on D. Uh, contrary to popular belief, even though he's a quiet guy off the court, on the court, he's one of our most frequent communicators on the defensive end, and I've noticed it since the second he arrived on this team. So you can go at Kawhi all you want. The question is, is he okay? I'm a little, I'm starting to be a little worried, but at the same time, I'm not because I think it's just a matter of time. He's a guy that gets himself into rhythm over the course of a season. The only thing I'll say for people that are referring to last season as a counter argument, people saying that, oh, Kawhi may be a little bit on 
maybe he's not a, the best part on the team anymore. So people that are using last year as a counter, I want to remind people that we never saw Kawhi play great till he started playing great. He looked legitimately like he could not make a three in the beginning of the season. And then as he started getting his legs after coming off an ACL, remember, he looked great and he didn't stop looking great. This season, he started out really good, right? Maybe not to the point where he was in the second half of the season last year, but he still started out really good, averaging 24 points first couple games, whatever. Then we made the trade for Harden and the shot distribution was all wacky and he was just not playing well. And now he's playing a little bit better, but he still hasn't been fantastic the last two, three games shooting the ball. And I hope he can get his legs back. I think one of the main things too is get him the ball more in the elbow mid post area. His two shots were around when he caught the ball around that elbow mid post area where he doesn't need to take too many dribbles and he can kind of just get in. Those are his spots. He's a mid range killer. He's not just, you know, so much of a three point guy. I know he's very efficient from there, but Maybe we need to get him back in the mid-range more. Now, granted, having James Harden run pick and rolls with Zoo, it puts him in more off uh, catch-and-shoot situations behind the three-point line. But we can still find a way to incorporate what, who I believe is still our best player more. You know, 12 shots is still not very good. I mean, Paul George, he shot 19. So every game, it seems like Paul is shooting more than Kawhi, which I'm fine with right now because he's playing better. He's been our best player this season, and it's not even close. But I need Kawhi to be a little more aggressive. I think Ty Lue should look to get him the ball more in that mid-post elbow area because James Harden, especially with Harden in the starting lineup, he can shoot it. He can still catch and shoot. We're going to encourage him to do that. So as far as the answer to the question, is Kawhi Leonard okay? I think he's okay. The guy is still averaging 45% from the field and 37% from three. The only thing is he's averaging 21 points right now or 20 points right now. You want him around that 25-point-a-game range. And last year he was at 23, but remember it was – he was not looking anything like himself to start the season in terms of the overall package. If we can get him to about 24, maybe Paul George averages 25, we'll take that. Because remember, we have two other guys on this team that want the ball. So as long as we win, that's all that matters. But I think to win against better teams and have a top three seed, we're going to need Kawhi Leonard to average at least 23 points a game. And I think he can do that. And I would definitely stay patient, ladies and gentlemen. Kawhi is a slow starter, typically. Paul George is the opposite. So let's see how let's have let's revisit this conversation in January. But Denver, by the way, this is going to be an interesting one on Monday. We should win, in my opinion. Take advantage of this homestand. They have no Aaron Gordon. So, okay, KCP's guarding Paul George. Who's guarding Kawhi? MPJ? To be honest, that's not a bad guy to throw at him because of uh, size. Can Kawhi blow, blow by him? That's another reason, too. Like, Kawhi looks even less springy and bursty than last season. But. Maybe I'm exaggerating there. He definitely doesn't look as springy and bursty as 2021. But he's still, you know what? Has he looked that much less quick and, you know, springy? I keep saying using those words of the first words coming to mind. But you get what I'm saying. Quicker off the bounce, elevation. Looks about the same as last year to me now that I'm thinking about it. Maybe a tad slower. Maybe that's a question for you. What do you guys think? Obviously slower than 2021. That That's that's for sure. But how much worse is he? Than, how much worse? Were we saying he was then 2021 last year? I wasn't saying he was any worse, really. Right now, he's looking a little bit stiffer. I don't even say stiffer, just a little bit slower. So let's see how it goes. That being said, I still think we should win completely. Reggie Jackson is starting for them a point. Uh, this is going to be Reggie Jackson's first return to Staples Center since he left. I will be in the building, and I encourage everyone in attendance to 
to give him the rousing ovation of loud-ass Reggie chants that he deserves. One of the best people we've had in my 19 years as a Clipper fan. He used to give everyone a high five. He used to sign all the time. He used to interact with fans. I've heard only good things about him as a person from Clipper people like around the team. And he was just so appreciative of the love the fans showed. And he went out and despite his you know, lack of effort at times defensively, he was available and he wore that shirt with pride and he had it, you know, he bled for this team, blood, sweat, and tears. The way he transformed into Kyrie Irving in that playoff run was something I'll never forget for the rest of my life. No chance we get to the conference finals without Reggie, Reggie, Reggie. Hit me some Reggies in the comments below. You know where you can find me at Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod. Subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, for even more Clipper content. Another vlog coming after the Dallas game. I'm sorry, I already had one after the Dallas game, after the Denver game. So Reggie's reception, all that will be on my channel. And if you want to be interviewed after the game to share your thoughts, find me after the arena across the street from the Magic statue, right in front of Tom's. I've been doing uh, post-game interviews there this season. And Locked On Clippers, free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Where? I want you to let me know everything I asked about Kawhi, the defense, y todo. The age-old proverb continues, go Clippers.